Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Fantasy Fit That Pod. We are the podcast that talks about Scottish football through the unique lens of Fantasy Fit That. Scooby, you're laughing at me. I don't know why, but welcome. Welcome, listeners. How are you, pal? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right, mate. It's been some time again. It has. It yeah, has. We had a false start last week, um, but we're, we, you know, we're we're here tonight. Um, and I'm good. I'm excited, and it and it's and it's perfectly timed. I think pre-split, loads to talk about. Pre-split, pre-three bank holidays in May. Much happening in those. Well, the, yeah, the, 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 there's a bit going on, uh, and I sense a bit of nervousness through the through the microphone. Um, can I be right in saying, John, that you might be a little bit nervous about your upcoming stag day? Rumbled, I believe is the correct term. Uh, I am. Uh, you've rumbled me there for being nervous. <laughs> I didn't think I'd be nervous, but being honest now, Scobie, I am shy to myself. Yeah, and rightly so, because I know I know what's in store for you. Um, and I think our our, our friend from the shed, uh, Mister Jerry Moore, is probably also feeling a little bit nervous. Uh, he's also coming away with the boys, uh, leading the charge. I'm sure. Um, yes. This upcoming weekend, so. Because I, I shouldn't know that we're going to Lisbon, but I do. Unfortunately, and that is you do. Yeah. Fault. <laughs> <laughs> I've been so good at keeping the secret, though. I, I still can't even bring myself to say the place just in case. I still believe I'm going to ruin it somehow, even though you already know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh. I don't know why we even even pretend to um, you know make out we're gonna we're gonna hide the location from the stag. I think we've once managed it. Have yeah. we ever managed it? I don't think so. And I think even the one time the stag. They didn't know. They were just pretending they didn't know. <laughs> it, ne- yeah. it never works, does it? Yeah, it really doesn't. We just get too excited. But <laughs> plenty of excitement. We'll be able to recap that next uh, next time we're on the pod, I'm sure. Oh. Some, some fun stories for our listeners. But yeah, it's been, uh, it's, it's been quite a few weeks um, and months in Scottish football in the cinch as ever, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. We had, I mean, we love the split. The split is everything that is about Scottish football that should be celebrated. Sky TV do not celebrate the split, (laughs) but we will keep hammering it down their throats to celebrate it more. I mean, what an exciting weekend of football we had last weekend. Three teams vying for that split spot. St Mirren going for the first time ever to be in the top six at home, sold out. Stadium, 9,000 people there against Kilmarnock, who hadn't won away for about a year, and they lost. (laughs) (laughs) But they've still in in the top six with Livingston really running out of steam recently, haven't they? They Uh, We'll come on to that. And Hibs snuck in as well into the top six. So it's really exciting now at this part of the season where the top six play each other, the bottom six play each other. There's probably more to play for in the bottom six with relegation being very, very live threat to at least four teams. And don't forget that one team also drops into that relegation playoff spot as well. So two out of those four will be shiting themselves and in big trouble so that's pretty exciting. And then also in the top half, Scobie, we've got to talk about it. Who's coming third? Do we have to talk about it? We skirt around the issue, John. Um, I I must say um, we're going to face an uphill struggle to do that because Aberdeen 
have mm. just been sublime. Um, and we'll come on to that soon, I'm sure. Um, and it's all been down to um, a new manager. And there's been quite a bit of that since we last spoke, hasn't there? Um, where are we going to go this uh, this episode, John? What's the rundown? What are we going to cover off? Indeed. Well, Scobie, seeing as you, you've mentioned it uh, straight up, we might as well start at Tynecastle. Of course, Robbie Nielsen was relieved of his duties. Was it maybe the Tynecastle board looking at the success of Barry Robson coming in as that interim coach and thinking... You know, Scottish football is quite inward. They don't have a lot of outside ideas, but they go, hang on a second, that's worked there. So why don't we get rid of our manager, who, don't forget, took us out of the championship twice, club legend, mm-hmm. and got to many Scot- uh, Scotch Cup finals and, and the rest, and had a good run in Europe too. But yeah, Nielsen went, and what, what were your thoughts? Um, ugh, I sort of go back and forth on this. I think we're going to look back and realise quite what Nielsen did, you know, in his time there. I think throughout this entire second stint, even though it's been, you know, arguably the more successful, certainly the most successful of his two stints, he was on such a short leash because of his previous stint and the way that the fans felt about him and his style of football and everything too. So, you know, I've always felt that was there. But, you know, leading us to third last season, a great season there. I think we look back on this season in Europe, First time playing group stage football in a long, long time. Very difficult thing to do. Very new thing for every single member of that squad. I mean, the amount of games we've played, I think it will be about 50-odd by the time we hit um, the end of the season. So all new and, and did manage to guide us to two victories there and played respectable football for the most part. You know, at the same time, it's not like he's left us... Um, high and dry and, and, and like we weren't still in the running, but that is modern football. And I think... I hate that term. I hate using that phrase. That's just modern football. But unfortunately, when there's five million pound on the line for third place, the club did have to make a very tough decision, uh, you know, and, and and to sort of stop the rot. I think Nielsen um, knew, you know, he understands why he understands the game. Um, and we've obviously heard a variety of things coming out of Tynecastle as well. We've got a we've got a very good source. Uh, we'll not name names, but from within. Um, from within Tynecastle, within the regime, um, and 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 it did come as a shock. But what we've heard is that potentially there was a bit of a revolt through Naismith and Gordon, um, you know, who was also involved uh, going to the board and expressing their feelings. But whether that's true or not, I don't know. Uh, hearing also from some players, you know, that, that that certainly training had become a bit dull and stale under Nielsen, and it felt like the right. I could never role. imagine that, you know. I could never imagine a Robbie Nielsen training session going boring <laughs> and stale. <laughs> he definitely could. And obviously Robert Snodgrass, who at the start of his, his, his signing at Hearts had been, I mean, we talked on this pod right at the start of the season, looked to be, have been, you know, having a great impact on the team, but that steadily declined mm. as he um, was probably given too much uh, responsibility in the team, um, just given the fact there were so many injuries in the Hearts midfield, and he obviously is getting on a bit. And for a team yeah. that's one third in the in the Scottish top flight, you know, an aging Robert Snodgrass isn't the position. But yeah, he was sort of doing cryptic tweets now that he's been out the window, and his story will be heard. But he wants the fans to, you know, yeah. keep supporting the team. And yeah, yeah. Uh, from yeah. from what I'm hearing, that again, you know, you don't know if it's players can ever. But from what I'm hearing from people that know players in the squad and whatnot. I it sounds like it's all been a bit overhyped. Um, so I think what he's coming out is doing is just defending his name there, and and, and I think he knows that the, yeah. the, the the squad knows. But anyway, 
you know, not a particularly good look for Hearts uh, and, a, and a rough couple of weeks. Stephen Naismith comes in, um, you know, going straight into a derby at Easter Road, not easy. I thought it was a respectable enough performance for a team that were playing very poorly, albeit Hibbs also playing poorly, uh, and they finally got the victory. So, fine, but I think yeah. we saw a bit more of Stephen Naismith and the brand of football he wants to play against Ross County uh, on Saturday. That was a joy to watch, and it felt like a lot of the players were sort of letting off a bit of steam with that. Yeah, indeed. I think, yeah, Hearts, yeah, it looked sort of that they just, yeah, a performance like that had kind of been coming uh, against County. Uh, you know, perfect time to be playing a team that are, um, you know, right at the bottom of the league. And having watched County play against them, against Aberdeen on the telly on the Friday night before, I was quite impressed with the way that they were set up. Um, mm -hmm. at, and, you know, at Dingwall, and they have generally been hard to beat. And they... Um, you know, they, they get the ball forward very quickly. They do. They take a lot of long throws. It's a lot of free kicks into the box. Um, but when they go to Tynecastle, it's a bit of a, you know, a, it's a different prospect playing away from home, isn't it? And they just got carved open up early. And when Hearts score early at home, you know, yeah. generally, generally the writing's on the wall. And um, yeah, from going from thinking County might be all right, um, and because their yes. defence is generally quite good, you see them concede six goals and they can't score, you know, Simon Murray has been a bundle of energy, I thought, um, up front, but doesn't really seem to be able to put the ball in the back of the net often enough. And Brophy, no. who's looking like a quite astute signing in January, has just been too injury prone. Uh, so how they're going to put the ball in the back of the net is a big concern for me um, in their relegation battle of the of the bottom six. Coming I up. totally agree. I totally agree. I, 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 was about to, I was going to share that quote which he'd given out just before the Hearts game. He said, the mood is confidence on the back of recent games. We, we went down to St. Johnston, played really well. We were excellent against Celtic and last Friday against Aberdeen. We were a match for them. And, I, and my question to you was going to be, you know, is he a bit delusional given how they played against Hearts? But uh, to be honest with you, John, I can't see anyone else finishing 12th at this point in time. I think Ross County's, you know, the rankings on the wall for them. Uh, I think it would take a real, you know, miracle for them to turn it around because I think the teams above them are just starting to play that bit better. And I cannot see it from County. Agreed. So we, we've dived into now to this sort of relegation look. We and have. Just, <laughs> just, you know, beautiful segue here. County are sitting at the bottom. Everyone's obviously played yeah. the same amount of games, but five games to go. County on 27 points, minus 24 goal difference. And then it's a four-point jump to Killy and Dundee United. And then St. Johnson are on 33. I think those are the four. We agree Motherwell are safe. Yes. So, yeah, County needs... I mean, they, the one thing they've got in their favour is obviously you're going to be playing the teams around you. And, you know, the first game they've got is at home to Livingston, who are dropping like a stone. Uh, probably on the worst form in the league, I'd say. Um, you know, since they were since Martindale basically did that um really good interview with Sai Ferry on open goal, they, yes. and he talked about getting Europe. Uh, they barely won a game. Yeah. <laughs> this guy got a wee bit ahead of himself. So you know, back at Dingwall, and they win that on Saturday. Maybe they are back into it. But yeah, I agree. It, it's it's looking tough, and I think we'll come on to the three other teams in the in the relegation zone, and the, each of them you can see scoring goals. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think you're possibly you're getting Livingston at a point where where the pressure is actually sort of off them now. You know they've missed out on the yeah, top true. six, and I think they'll they, you know they, they'll play themselves into the end with a bit of a point to prove we don't really belong in this grouping. Um, you know, and and and, and I think they are cut above the rest, and that paired with them. We'll move on to them next, but Kilmarnock sitting obviously just above County. Um, yeah. 
it's a the Kilmarnock is it's a squad with about three good players. Um, as my uh, my my friend and and big Kilmarnock fan Andrew said, um, in a raft of bang average ones that that McInnes needs to figure out what he's doing with in the summer, but. They get it done when it when it when it matters, I think. And that was showing obviously against St. Mirren um at the weekend there. So away from home finally. 2-0. Done them a lot of favours. Donnelly and Dodge on the score sheet there. Armstrong again providing you know an assess to being a massive player for them this season. Mm-hmm. Just feels like Kilmarnock have got enough. Yeah, well, I think they might be in the 11th spot. It might just be the way the way it's sat just now. Yeah, look, Armstrong obviously being a revelation, being definitely being their best player this season. Uh, Joe Wright, I think, has gone a bit under the radar on his. Yep. He's been um, arguably one of the well, definitely one of the better signings that McInnes made in the summer. He's made thirty appearances, so played nearly every game in the league. Scored five goals, which is important yep. for Killing because you know him and Taylor are probably coming <laughs> nearly half their goals in the league this year. Yeah. Um, because Doidge, you know, he's he's never been sort of well since certainly since been injured, he's yeah. prolific, is he? So yeah, yeah, they've got that. Vassell has been, you know, okay, mm. improving. Incidentally, actually, both Wright and Vassell have just signed deals that keep them at the club till twenty twenty five. So they obviously think they've got something there. Yeah, uh, but it was a huge win against St Mary, and I don't think anyone really saw that coming. St Mary have been really strong at home all season, yeah. uh, but it just shows you what a little bit of pressure can do to a club. But they. You know they still enjoyed their their celebratory scenes at the end, knowing that they got in the top six because because uh, Livy fluffed their lines. And you potentially, and I'm sure this will be keeping Kilmarnock fans up at night. You've got this tantalising, um, you know, possibility that they could end up playing arch rivals Air in a in a playoff. Now Air are just sitting outside of the, the 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 top four. They're sitting in fifth, but only a point behind. Obviously, a few games left there. So possible that Air could make a push into the playoffs. Air Kilmarnock, um, yeah, that's that. That would be scenes, would it not, if they were to, um, if they were to face them and potentially go down. But I think that's potentially we're living in dreamland if we think that might happen. Don't forget, Kelly, fairly de- decent cup record this season, sort of semi-finals of the League yeah. Cup and quarter-final. I mean, no, no, it was an upset when they lost. It was at Inverness, but yeah, um, yeah. You know, under McInnes, he's quite a good cup. So and obviously, playoff games are quite cuppy. So look. Uh, I think I, say, I don't think any of the te- I don't think elevens will will go down. You know, regardless of who they're playing in the playoff, I, I'm going to go ahead and say I can't see that happening. It's um, too weighted, isn't it? I mean, these teams are just going to be knackered. It's so biased towards. Um, look, the, the addition of the playoffs is fantastic. It's like everyone just wants drama, don't they? But yeah, it is. It's still it, yeah. very. It's very heavily favoured towards the Premiership side, unless you are called Hibs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, so we've covered Killian, Dundee and, uh, and Rick Ross County. I've just said it, Dundee United, they're on 31 yeah. points as well. Jim Goodwin, last time we spoke, had just taken the reins. He's only lost one in six. He's made it all about Stephen Fletcher, and that seems to be the right thing at the bottom just now. I mean, what a brilliant finish from Fletcher to get that um, 2-0 win um, at the weekend against Livingston and well-deserved. Yeah, it's just... Unbelievable. And we look back, we're just talking about hearts. We go back a wee while, you know, things change fast in football. Huh? We're Aberdeen, where we'll talk about them, I'm sure, later in this episode. Things, things change fast in football. Hearts, things change fast in football. Things change even faster in Scottish football. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like on fast forward, isn't it? No, I think it's been like he's he's come in, um, demanded obviously 
as usual from from him, the strong work ethic and everything, and they, and they've obviously just responded to uh, to what he's doing with it with some fantastic results. The two one victory over Motherwell when they were banging and still are banging form. Two 0 win over Livingston in the end there last weekend. I, I think it's it's safe to say that Dundee United are safe. The defensive record still needs a bit of improvement, but they, but they did manage to get their first clean sheet under Goodwin uh, last weekend. Um, yeah. And yeah, scoring a lot more goals. They've scored nine goals in seven games. Uh, as you said, Fletcher bagging three and Jamie McGrath, one to consider for the for the wildcard split, which we'll talk about in the in the second part. But yeah, four goals for him, three of which uh, obviously penalties. But yeah. yeah, a bit of a spine there to that team now, isn't there? There is, yeah. I mean, look, I still really don't like um, the defence and obviously Bergetti is just so shite in goals, but they seem they've got um, at centre-half, he started playing like Aina, who's on loan yeah. from Huddersfield and like he seems all right or a slight upgrade on what they've had previously. Um, so that seems to have really helped really help with it with yeah with the solidity of defense and then yeah I think you even you, you just compare it to like the problems we were um discussing at Ross County. I mean to have a player like Stephen Fletcher who yeah he's getting on but he's got glorious top knot and sort of half cut of Barnet and he's just cultured. He's great at holding the ball up. He's a really good finisher. This is gonna come back, eh? <laughs> I'm getting one for my stag. Because <laughs> he was there was not much going on there five years ago. No, this is pure no. hog-esque, you know, with the with the barn yeah. Just some of these recoveries. Anyway, sorry, we digress. It's like, yeah, sort of like Japanese samurai, doesn't he? <laughs> um, but like, I just think I think he could he would get into most teams in the Scottish league, you know, outside the top four teams, I'd say. So yeah, look, he's 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 um he's obviously key. And yeah, when you keep it's county, he scores goals and you've you've hit the nail on the head with Jamie McGrath scoring from 25, 30 yards every other game, oh, and then penalties as well. It yeah. feels like they've got enough quality, which is kind of what we've been saying all season. When you look at the Azeg Altmar result right at the start of the season, this team does have quality in it. It's just it hasn't been able to get uh, be shown properly by you know the two managers that have, have previously been there. Yeah, and I'm quite. I don't know how you feel, but I, I sort of I'm quite happy for Jim Goodwin. Like I think you know it all went wrong at Aberdeen, but you could see it's the mirror that he was he was a good manager and like you know maybe the Aberdeen job just came that a little bit too early for him. I, I don't know. It was, it was a, Variety of things obviously went wrong there, but I do still believe he's a good manager, and I think he can do a good job at Dundee United if they back him, you know, over the next few years. But yeah, no, look, Goodman left on well. Obviously, every manager basically leaves on bad terms these days. But yeah, he tried. He did try his best and made you know. Basically, it seems like Anthony Stewart was the huge mistake because all yeah. Robson's done is get rid of Stewart and bring in two defenders, and it's the same team. Yeah, so just, it's it's quite phenomenal just how bad that decision was, and potentially just that the Aberdeen job was just slightly too big at the time, and you know yeah. United's a little bit of a step down, and he seems to be yeah re- reveling in the sort of it was a free hit, wasn't it coming in? Yeah, and, totally. And doing and, well and, 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 yeah. and great recruitment as well. He did at Aberdeen as well, which you're now obviously starting to see a bit more of with with some of those players like Duke, etc. So. You know, I, I think Jim Goodwin, I'd be very happy as a Dundee United fan, him coming in. A team that will perhaps be a little, um, you know, be feeling a little bit sour that they missed maybe the opportunity to bring Jim Goodwin in, St. Johnson. Correct. Also just let go of their manager. Callum Davidson finally paying the price after they lost their last five games under him. This is Callum Davidson, of course, who did that historic cup double 
which you know the more years go by the more you realize just quite how ridiculous that was um, from St Johnston and, and clearly it bought him an awful lot of time and rightly so but they've only won twice since uh, the 17th of December scored 13 goals in that time um not good yeah not good. But- Look, yeah, look, the longer the longer we, we move away from that cup double, uh, the, the kinder thing people look back on that in history. But a cup double doesn't mean that you can be St. Johnston manager forever and ever. And yes. yeah, people saying that, you know, he deserved more time. I disagree. He probably should have left last summer. Yeah. I remember how difficult the end of the season was for St. Johnston then. But, you know, they gave him more time. And he's overseen some really stinking runs recently. Um, you know, winless runs recently of 10 games, 7 games, 12 games, 7 games and 6 games all in the sort of last two seasons. That's a lot of winless runs. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to be a huge plan. He used around 50 players in the last two seasons um, mm-hmm. and then only really promoted three from youth, which is kind of not, it was kind of going against what, yeah. what suits the Johnson fans um, wants to see. Um, since that cup um, double, he's had some really poor defeats in the cup. Um, to Kelty Hearts and an Athletic and Queen of the South in cup competitions. Um, so yeah, look, I think it was probably time for him to go. Um, but yeah, you can't can't doubt that what he did in that with that cup yeah. double. Will we ever see it again outside the outside the old firm? Who knows? And I kind of feel like there was a bit of a method, and you know, you do think that on smaller clubs that they they maybe not getting the backing, but you know, seemingly St Johnson are in rude financial health. I saw they posted a one million profit last year. Something like five million sitting in the bank, kind of plenty of cash in reserve for a rainy day for for you know a club like St Johnson, and um, there's a bit there's clearly a good structure there and a bit of investment for whoever does come in, and and perhaps following on following suit with other um, you know former players now managers, Stephen McLean's obviously in the in the hot seat now. Um, it's a growing trend, isn't it, amongst Scottish football teams. Chuck, Chuck, yeah, Chuck, the 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 guy who used to play at a decent level that was in charge of the youth team in charge and see if he can get that new manager bounce. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it's worked at Motherwell and it's worked at Aberdeen. Will it work at uh, St. Johnston? Will it work at Hearts? We'll, we'll know by the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, the big issue, I think, actually, for St. Johnston, which I hadn't realised, is they've only kept four clean sheets all season. Um, wow. You know, they really think of them quite, uh, um, quite, quite sturdy at the back. And, like, I think, look, uh, Matthews has been a decent enough um, keeper with sort of third most saves at 85 in the league. But yeah, only four clean sheets. I was quite actually quite surprised that because they, they don't score a load of goals. Um, so then, yeah, if you're obviously not keeping them out at the other end, then you're going to be in the position that they are. Um, and six points off the bottom, they've got a pretty uh, difficult start to the post six splits. They've got Dundee United at home, just discussed Dundee United, you know, um, a lot of um, dangerous players there. And then they have to go. Um, where the fuck? Where are they going the next time? Oh, then they've got Motherwell. So you know that's Motherwell two... at home, and then Kilmarnock away. Yeah. So that's like you've got the two of the hardest teams at home, and then you got to go to Killy. So difficult start for for St Johnston, and they could be right in amongst it. Um, come the last couple of games, Ross County away as well. Following that, if I'm again going to make a bold prediction. I think, love gonna, I think St. Johnson are going to finish 11th this season. I think I, I can't disagree with that. I can't disagree with it. I think, you know, talking about United and Killy, they might just have enough Killy as well and McKinnis in charge. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, St Johnston, you know, in a bit of no man's land with a wrong, uh, with no, with not like a decent manager there, and yeah, you know, Stevie May scoring overhead kicks, but Davy Marshall's not going to be there to throw them in the back of the net every week. So, exactly, exactly, and and they're probably fortunate to get the the point on on Saturday. Hibbs with that absolutely ridiculous red card for James Jago, which which, <laughs> and then you see that the SFA have overturned that, so. Good that they've done it because it was worth it, but interesting that Shinny yeah. was like a four game ban. So, well, nice. that's because that was Aberdeen time wasting, John, for a, one of the most blatant red cards that's ever been a red card, and Aberdeen wasting everybody's time with a stupid, yeah, yeah, that was it. No, no, the whole reason that they got that, a game added onto that ban, it was nonsense. The whole reason Aberdeen that was to do was to get everyone fired up for the Rangers game. That was according to Chris Boyd. Well, okay. <laughs> It worked. It really worked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're saying County down and St. Johnston to join them in 11th. And the more I look at Dundee, I'll lie up that. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Well, whoever whoever ends up being ICT, oh, oh God, it could end up being spicy. I'm starting to feel could, could 11th be cursed this year? But yeah, I think yeah. that sums it up for us. All right. Let's get out of part one. Hello, welcome back to part two of this week's Fantasy Fit Bar Pod. The split has just happened. The fixtures have just been released. So in this part, we're going to look forward. We're probably going to focus a bit more on the top six. And everyone, if you're still playing Fantasy Football Scotland, we'll come on to that maybe in part three to what they can do to get people back involved. But play along with us now and listen in. If you've got a wild card, we're going to try and discuss how you should use that and more importantly, how Scobie's used his. Because it's live. The wild <laughs> card is live. I think this is the best wild card I've ever done. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I've just I've been ruminating on it and I'm just I'm just happy with it. And I needless to say it's gonna change now 17 times before um the next kickoff. But um yeah, I think look, the tactic here for me is gonna be um Follow where the form is, particularly in the, in the lower half of the league. So looking at goalkeepers and defender, the kind of running theme for me has, has been to kind of pick out some of those teams and say that, that we've seen firing all cylinders and just, just firing a little bit too late. The likes of Motherwell, for example. So, for example, in goals going for Liam Kelly, um, going to be, you know, clearly now playing the, the bottom feeders. Um, I think more likelihood of clean sheets with that too. He's not yeah. cheap. He's three point three million, Kelly. So he's I think third most expensive keeper um, in the in in the league at this point. But you know he's had eight clean, sheet, clean sheets this year. They're playing well. I think that's a no brainer. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean we we haven't we touched on it slightly in the first part. Obviously, since Kettlewell's come in, I mean Motherwell have, have been yeah vastly improved. They're they're clear of safety for a while. Everyone thought they were going down. Yeah, um, and sort of been driven by the bottom end and the top end. Liam Kelly obviously called up to Scotland national squad, very well deserved. Seems to have, I think actually since Scotland had that obviously brilliant result against Spain, he wasn't playing in it. But since he's come back since that international break, Motherwell really seemed to have, um, you know, caught got really uh, improved quite a lot. And I just wonder if Kelly's just come back with that sort of fresh yeah. confidence, um, and given that to the defence and and looked really good. And then obviously we'll probably come on to the to the budget Burkamp up top, who's just lashing them in with so much confidence that he can uh, 
turn Greg Taylor inside out at Celtic Park and stick it in the top bin. A thing of beauty. You can even you can even wait. You can even wait till we got to the strikers. No, I can, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's unbelievable. I'm I'm gonna continue with that. So just we'll, we'll merge goalkeepers defenders in together. I'm also going for Paul McGinn. I think he's really good value at two point seven million. Um, so yeah, playing regularly, I think Paul McGinn at that price is a bit of a no-brainer as well, given the fixtures he's going to have. Kelly and McGinn will be kind of um stalwarts within my, my yeah. Defense. I mean, I think like you look, they Motherwell have obviously just got an, an excellent point away at Celtic Park. Not many, well, I don't think any team's done that so far this season. Obviously, Celtic yeah. fans thought they were they were time wasting too much. The Motherwell players, how dare they time waste? And then Celtic only went and got nine minutes of stoppage time. Obviously, they didn't, they didn't, no Celtic fan mentioned that. But anyway, still yeah. Right. But yeah, so to be more on a more serious note, I mean, Kettlewell's come on this sort of 3 4 1 2 formation where he's got that back three and it's Butcher, Casey, and McGinn in the back three with Kelly in behind it. And it, and it seems to have a really good balance. And yeah, they conceded a couple of pretty good chances to um to Celtic. But who's not going to when, you know, Celtic are obviously playing so well and have got that amount of talent. Um, So, yeah, I, I think I really like the McGinn shirt as well, Scobie. I think it's, yeah. um, this is sounding like a pretty good wild card. It's going well so far. It's going well so far, isn't it? And we're going to follow that up as well. Who else is going to be in the bottom six, which who don't deserve to be there? Livingston, we've talked about that. So I think with them... But hang on, I think I think Livy do deserve to be there with the drop-off. Well, of... They do deserve to be. <laughs> but... They could quite easily have not been, I should say. Okay, okay, should yeah, say. yeah. There were one uh, so game I... on. With that, I'm going to go uh, Shamal George um, as, as my other keeper. He's 3.1 million. I think he's good. And then a guy I've kind of had in and around my team for a while, Sean Kelly, defender, 2.8 million. Good value again, playing a lot. Um, and Kelly's popped up with goals and assists as well this year. He's had a couple of both. So um, I think Sean Kelly's a good one to be looking at as well. So Livingston, Motherwell, trying to target those teams that I think will be quite dominant within the bottom six. Is that Sean? Are you going to that Sean Kelly or Stephen Kelly at Livingston? That is Sean Kelly, which is defending Kelly. Defending, yeah, because he's not. Oh, yeah, who's in that? Because I'll be like Stephen Kelly at Livy. He scores all the free kicks, doesn't he? Yes, he's the midfielder, right? And he's yeah, he's, exactly, exactly. I mean, look, I think it's nice to call out some of Martindale's boys, but I mean, they're just on such a bad run of form. I think it's difficult to um, difficult to trust them. Bad um, run of form, but pay for. But two two wins in their last five still. I I don't know. I think I I can see them playing well, so I'm going to kind of stick with them at the moment. I feel like I'm just dominating this 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 wild card, Johnny. You you got a few to throw in there for yourself? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll just maybe go for some more of the standard the standard ones. I mean, how can we we how can we not go for the boys at Petodre when uh, they've had five clean sheets in a row, seven wins on the bounce? Um, we've already touched on it. Stuart went out. Pollock and McDonald came in. Uh, Roos has been really good. He, I thought he was brilliant against Rangers on Sunday. Uh, made a couple of really important stops. Um, so he's useful. And then look at Liam Scales. I mean, that man can score goals from 40 yards now on purpose. <laughs> uh, don't forget that Liam Scales won't be allowed to play against his parent club Celtic in one game. So actually, probably we just avoid him if he, if you can't have a guy yeah. that's going to be in five games. So we'd be going for the, the Pollock or the, or the McDonald there. Um, at, at the back, um, you know, before that I had I've had um fish at Hibs, but mm-hmm. I'm just a bit worried about Hibs in the top six. Um, the, you know, the, the yes, they had a really good win, obviously against Hearts, and probably did play them at that perfect time, and we're kind of due a win in the derby. Let's be honest. I mean, how long had that been? Uh, yeah, not been yeah, four years. Yeah, yeah, it was so you know <laughs> a huge amount of time <laughs> considering the the rivalry there. Um, mm-hmm. so. 
yeah, we, I maybe would keep Will Fish in, but at the same time, I'm just a bit worried about yeah, about how Hibs are going to look. I don't think Ewan and Nisbet work together for whatever reason. Um, I think when Nisbet plays, Ewan seems to be less effective because yeah. he's pushed out a bit further wide. Um, even though he's had seven assists this, this season. Um, so yeah, how do you feel about about the about Easter Road team? Um, I mean, this I still don't know what that team is. In all honesty, and, I, and, I, and I'm not just talking down on them. Like, you know, the points all the only four points behind us. So, yeah, I'm not sitting here saying slander them. I just don't, I still don't get the identity. Yeah, I think Nisbet's probably going to go in the summer as well. Yeah, yeah, and, I think that's and, going on, isn't it? They obviously lost just there. You know, just guys like Hanlon's get really getting on. A lot of the new guys they brought in just again haven't really added much. They don't have that much identity. So. I kind of hope they back Lee Johnson. Just this is more about a managerial thing, like you know, give managers some time. I feel let yeah. them see what they can do. He's not done a terrible thing. He's got them top six. They'll get a wee chance, wee crack at Europe. I'm sure. So yeah, but uh, I'm not, not. I've got no Hibs players in my wildcard. Put it that way. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. With Aberdeen, then... just to go back on that point though, is this fairy tale run going to end at some point and given the fixtures and the fact you got to play uh, now quite riled up Rangers uh, and obviously Celtic um, you're going to play hard so you're going to be wanting to get get one back on you you know you're looking at Aberdeen defenders in that light is there many points to be had there or I mean every challenge has been thrown at this Aberdeen team so far they've, they've passed with flying colours apparently done the United away was really really difficult won that Dingwall, tough place to go, won that. Oh, here comes the big challenge of Rangers, won that. I mean, yeah, obviously it's going to end. This is yeah. this football. Um, but there's 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 a there's a consistency in selection from Robson and consistency in style of play where the defenders really just defend and the ball just goes forward really quickly and using Clarkson, um, who's had two brilliant assists in the You've last two games, yeah. and he can pick Duke and Miofsky's runs um better than many players in the league. And then you've got Ramadani in there who's just running around headbutting people and just generally being a nuisance, but just looks like he just loves to do that. Yes. Um, so yeah, look, it will come to an end and, and maybe and maybe it'll be in the top six, but it's, it's hard to ignore a team that have won uh, seven games in a row. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and I, it's a provocative question, but but I agree with you. I thought Rangers were really, really off it, and they have been for the last few weeks. So again, you yeah. played the perfect time. But um, yeah, let's see. Yeah, I mean, they've got one eye on that, um, on the on obviously on the Scottish Cup semi-final this weekend against Celtic. It's completely make or break for them. I mean... Just touching on the old firm sort of defence-wise, obviously Tab's in every team, so we don't need to say that. Yeah. I mean, the man still had 15 goals um, this season um, and yeah, seven assists. Just outrageous, um, outrageous yeah. scoring as per. Uh, Celtic, Mikey Johnson's come in. Uh, I think we all watched him. He's the, obviously the, uh, uh, he's come in and like, been pretty good at fullback, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe he's a... Uh, is it is he the he's the yeah he's the fullback yeah he's come in and he's been pretty decent um but I I, I don't know I, I'd still quite like Cameron Carter Vickers just as that safe shout as a Celtic defender so and not Taylor Taylor's been in your team I feel all year I've actually I brought him back in hmm. I'm sort of feeling like it, it you know it, 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 he has to be the one because I still think he's really good value at four point one million I, I'd say Tav and Taylor yeah. are my two kind of consistent I'm gonna throw one more defender in. And it's mm-hmm. Dundee United. Um, 
Aziz Behic is playing yeah. left mid. He is a defender in the game. Mm. So yeah, yeah. I think three goals, four assists for him. Uh, he's flying up that defender's points, you know, top points score. I think he's certainly in the top 10 now. He's 3.2 million, so he's not cheap, cheap. But um, I think he's a bit of a no-brainer as well. So I'd look at Aziz Behic, definitely. Just give yeah, him he's playing him. Yeah, he's been a fun, um, a fun, a fun player to have in your team throughout. So yeah, totally agree. Now that where the where the Goodwin's got the team, that's the that's a good uh, good player to have in there. Yeah, really yeah. I've got three Dundee United players. I never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> that, that's right. Amazing. So that's uh, that's defenders. Then we move into midfielders. Um, so sticking with Dundee United, no surprise really here. Jamie McGrath, yeah, penalty taker. Three penalties under Goodwin already, and a, and, a, and a fourth absolute raker last weekend. Four goals. Jamie McGrath playing great again, and just the kind of thing that had Aberdeen and Hearts supposedly in for him at a point. Um, you know, you know, previously before he ended up at Dundee United. So um, McGrath definitely, and then you're starting to see a bit more of the big boys. Um, All right, know. give me your, give me a second one on the midfielders then, because you stole defenders. I'll go uh, Mark O'Hara at St Mirren. Uh, brilliant, brilliant brace at Ibrox. That one of the his, uh, his first goal was an absolute screamer, wasn't it? I mean, that's almost one of the goals of the season. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he's been on on fantastic form this season. I think he's got six goals. Is it ten this season? He's got ten goals. He's got ten Michael goals. Harris got ten goals. Yeah, that is mental. So he's got ten goals this season. He's on penalties. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just looks like a guy that's just uh, gone from strength to strength under Stephen Robinson. And even though. Obviously, St Mirren are going to have a, a, a tough time in the top six. I think they're going to enjoy it. And I think when O'Hara and when they're scoring goals, I think O'Hara is going to be the key man there. So I, I, we love putting talisman into our fantasy football Scotland teams, don't we? So I think O'Hara's got to be in there. Definitely. So you gave me O'Hara. Where are you going next, Kobe? So now we're into the bigger boys. I am going with Todd Cantwell. Okay. Not a popular man, I think, in your eyes, but um, I feel like one of the few Rangers players starting to play quite well, bar how he played at the weekend. Four assists, two goals. He was the top scorer in uh, game week 31 with 18 points. I was Um, at the one against St Mirren where he did that uh, very clever no-look pass that sort of got all the limelight to Morelos. Yeah, no, I think he's... um, Look, he took a little while to get up to speed with um, Scottish football and obviously with the timing of Beal as well, sort of getting the way he wants to play. I think um, with a full sort of summer and he could be really good for Rangers next season. And um, yeah, I think he's a good chance football show. Definitely, definitely. I think he fell out of favour a bit in Norwich, but you know, I remember um, he's got, the old days where he was, a, he was a sort of bargain, wasn't he? Flying out, you know, that season a few years ago when they were in the Prem. He's got um, loads of talent and I think Beal worked with him before, didn't they? Um, yeah. So, you know, there's a good relationship there. Um, look, he's going to, yeah, should have field days at Ibrox as he did against St. Mirren when they scored five. So, definitely. Yeah. Look, so he's in. And then on the Celtic front, who are you going with on Celtic's side? Uh, it's a good question. I think, um, I mean, it, look, Aaron Moy was was the fit flavor of, the, of, a, of a couple of months, um, okay. you know, especially thinking about when Hearts got thumped at the Scottish Cup. He was sort of the, really the man of the moment, wasn't he? Um, 
but he seems to have gone out, out of favour, off the boil. I don't know what it is. So right now, I think Matt O'Reilly again is back in the conversation. Uh, he's actually got the most assists in the Scottish Premiership this season with yep. 11, uh, five points. Pardon? Good start. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you've thrown me off my thrown me off my way. Uh, look, Jota has been my firm favourite throughout the season, but it's just he's been a bit injured lately, hasn't he? So he's he has. Yeah, I think he's back. Is my understanding. I think that was the last yeah. game he missed, and obviously he's yeah. got you know whether he'll play in the cup or not. I don't know, but I think he'll be back for certainly the the I, last game. I I think they were not playing him against Motherwell because they want him for Rangers, so he probably will be back. So if it's, if Jota is fit and plays ninety minutes against Rangers on Saturday, I'd have him in my team. He's been in all season. He's going to start the most. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, him and Jota. There you go. There's my two sort of Celtic mids. And then I'd, that's exactly I'd... exactly where I was as well. I've sort of satisfyingly just been able to squeeze Jota in with uh, with what I've done, and I've and I'm, I'm at exactly seventy million for my team value. And you think you then, start sixty, so we've gone we've gone up very to good. very good. Another one, um, you know, at Rangers as well. I suppose it's between Tillman and Campwell, isn't it? And what do you just think, Campwell's slightly on that, slightly more upward trajectory. Tillman, you know, got ten goals, five assists this season. Yeah. Um, he has, and I've had Tillman in up until this point. I think it's just that he's not been consistently playing, uh, yeah. you know, because I think he seems to sort of like rotate him in. When he plays, he seems to always deliver something. I, um, I think Tillman's a player, but okay. I think Cantwell, for me, just seems a bit more nailed on. So I, I'm going to go for him. Um, and then I've got Trotter in as my bench trick as well. Yeah, so decent. All right, well, that sounds like a pretty good midfield, Scobie. I think we've picked up. The only one I would chuck in there is potentially Leighton Clarkson at Aberdeen. Obviously got yeah. two the last two games. You know, great ball in for Bojan Miofsky, um at Todre on Sunday. And he played a really nice through ball to Duke uh, up at Dingwall. Um, sort of, he's, um, yeah, he's really, really improved throughout the season. Um, I, I, I really hope that Aberdeen can somehow keep on to him next year. But yeah, from, uh, you know, he's 3.5 million, I think, in the game. So a sort of cheap enabler perhaps in there uh, compared to these sort of bigger hitters we're talking about. Definitely. And it, it's one of these things, I think, with the split, it does throw everything out. In, and it's the reason why I probably only got one Aberdeen player right. in, my, in my side. I definitely have Clarkson in there. You're right. And, and, and I'm probably a defender too. So, um, yeah. Okay. So moving on to strikers, you've mentioned you've got one Aberdeen player there. Who is it? It's Duke. Interestingly, because I know you're on the other side of this fence, it seems uh, maybe you've changed your mind. But I am Duke uh, through and through. Probably one of the only good decisions I've made in FFS. <laughs> I've had him in from the start of that run, and he's yeah. been in my team um, ever since. I actually think I was looking back on my notes, and I um, not that I'm saying I'm some sort of um, prophet, but I, I and initially when we did the first first episode this season, John, and we talked about who we liked. Um, for some you, reason, I had Louis Lopez in. Um, you, in, in my in my squad and I've I've got it written down so I can show you it and you and you laughed and went the Duke. Um and we didn't see him for months. <laughs> Duke. Um, anyone's not seen him do his own Duke, it's very wholesome, lovely content. Yeah, oh. I mean what what a revelation. The man scored 16 goals and no penalties this season. Um uh, so yeah, it'd be absolutely unbelievable. Um works really hard off the ball. Um, apparently there was like Everton scouts up at Dingwall last Friday. So, wow. you know, goodness knows if Aberdeen will be able to hold on to him this summer. But 
we do have him until 2025, I think. So at least there'll be some sort of fee out of that, hopefully. Um, how much Benfica gets of that fee, it depends what report you read, whether it's 20% or 50%. Um, but yeah, love the guy to bits. Just enjoying him while we've got him. And uh, yeah, get him in your team. I suppose, yeah, if you want to discuss the, the striking options there, as I mentioned, Miofsky's got 16. Yeah. Duke scored a lot more under Robson. I think Miofsky's actually... Uh, sacrificing himself a bit in the open play when when he's playing with Duke um, to um, create space for him by distracting defenders, by dropping a bit deeper and picking the ball up and letting Duke be that man on the last defender because um, he actually is a bit quicker than Miofsky. Miofsky can sometimes look like he's running through uh, treacle or just look running like he's running like me, basically. Uh, but your big thing is Miofsky uh, should be on pens, I think, when they come back. So that's your kind of your kind of flip side. I think all the spice and all the upside is with Duke. Duke could go and score a hat-trick. Miofsky's probably not going to do that. No, no. Miofsky was the man at the start of the season, but it's good that they're playing well together and, and, he, and he's, yeah. you say, found that, found that role. So, um, I mean, amazing to have two two strikers with that amount of goals. You know, yeah. not be laughing as Aberdeen. If you look back to the, you know, a couple of years ago when you had Car Spain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I knew, I knew nightmares. Callum Hendry. Oh, jeez. Callum Hendry. Yeah, I mean, couldn't buy a goal up top. Hornby, Fraser Hornby, is it? What his name is? What a dream. Tried it with him as well. It was after a big, um, what's his face left and went down. Because we were left. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, big donkey, wasn't he? And then and then it was Maine. And, oh, that's funny times. Obviously, yeah. May. Um, yeah. Well, TV May as well. Yeah, but anyway, let's get on some decent strikers. I mean, we've already <laughs> touched on, on Kevin Van Veen, but he's just been on an amazing run, hasn't he? I mean, he's not even lost count now. It's like eight and six or something like that. And he's on them. He's reached that amazing 20 goal, 20 league goals mark, which is just, I think if you get 20 league goals, you know, that's that's you written in, in, in concrete at the stands. As a club legend, especially outside the as outside the old firm, so so really uh, fair play to him. We know he's been quite a streaky player in the past. He quite likes to go on little runs of like three or four goals, and then won't score for ages. But um, but he seems to be scoring all different types of goals as well just now. I mean that the goal at Celtic Park was fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's penalties, he's set pieces, he can do it in the air. He's had volleys. He, he can run half the length of the pitch. Yeah. He can do it all. I think he's a genuinely really good player. And we're now facing this thing with him, with Duke, and then, and I've not got him in my team, but obviously Shankland. Aye. You know, 21 goals, been incredible this season, although he was off the ball for a few games, like all Hearts players. All three of them you're sort of considering, and this is where we are a bit with Scottish football at the moment. Are, are we going to see them next year? You know, of those three players, yeah. are going to be there. I'd hope. Uh, particularly with Shanklin, that he will be. Um, but I think I think Shanklin stays. I mean, he's got the captaincy now as well. I think Shanklin stays. I think he, I think he likes Scotland. Uh, you know, he yeah, did their team that fancies him a bit more. And I hope he wouldn't go for that. But you know, is Morales on his way out? Are you thinking maybe yeah. to try and replace him with someone? Well, I mean, the, they must the be big, looking the, at all three. The big elephant in the room here is, is when you look at it, I'm looking at the top goal scorers in the Scottish Premiership this year, and the top five, you know, you've got Celtic, Hearts, Motherwell, Aberdeen, Aberdeen. 
sixth mm. highest scorer is Tavernier, and then it's Kolak, who's obviously you know not really in Beal's plans whatsoever. So Rangers are clearly going to have to do something in the summer to get a striker in if they want to uh, be closer to Selic. Yeah. Uh, maybe it'll be Shankland. I don't think it will, Scobie. I think Shankland will be at Hearts next season. I think he looks like he's going to be there for a couple of years. Uh, to me, you know, 21 goals, fantastic. A lot of them penalties, but they've got to be put away. Um, oh, a couple of he's won finishes well. against Kempsey. Yeah. What was that? One of the, a lot of the penalties he's won as well, I'll say. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, bit, yeah. he's just so, yeah. everything goes through him. And, and that was, like, again, with, with County and Gino and Oda and stuff playing off and fantastic. But yeah, I agree with you. I've gone Van Vina. I was oh, I was, I was split yes. there, but I've had Shanklin for a long time this season. I've not had Van Vina. And part of me just kind of wanted to have the big flying Dutchman um, in yeah. the end of the season. Obviously, he's again going to be playing the, playing the bottom feeder. So um, we expect goals. You know, Vavin could end up top goal scorer, could he not? He's going to get to play County, Kelly, St. Johnson, and Livingston. I love, absolutely love that shout. I mean, Firahashi is only 23, so he's on three goals more. Um, Yeah, why not? I wonder if I can get what are the odds on that. I'm on William Hill now. I'm going to check it out and I'm going to let us, I'm going to find out. and that sort of finishes off. I mean, the other one is, and it's very obvious, just because he's been so consistent at Kyogo. Um, yeah, yeah, top goal scorer clearly, and and he'll keep going. You just wonder, and that, you know, off the back, what we're just saying there, do, you know, when they win the title, which inevitably they're going to do, and they're probably going to end up doing it at Tyne Castle in two weeks' time. Um, do they do they like maybe try something else? Are they going to just play these guys through to the end? Have they got reason to do that? Do they save something yeah. for the cup final? Do they try some of the youth guys? I don't know. I feel like Andrew might do something different. Hugo's played a lot of football. This yeah. Year. I mean, they, they, they talk about there's like points records and goals records that they're going for. And obviously, Angela tells us that they do not ever stop. So, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah, they will just play Hugo for a lot. I mean, oh, missed. Uh, he obviously came on with half an hour ago against Motherwell and had a really good chance right at the end. And um, mm. we sort of fluffed a header from six yards wide. So I don't know if he'll maybe want to give him a bit more game time to try and get his confidence up. Uh, yeah. But he definitely looks like a sort of downgrade currently, just not being able to put that away. And I'm not sure if, uh, well, obviously he won't trust him in, in the semi final, but maybe he'll want to get him some confidence that way. Or maybe he'll just bid him in the summer because I was a, but one miss, I suppose you can't judge too much in a player. But yeah, yeah, you know, standards there. All right. That's well, that's it. it. Winning, uh, that card. sounds like I'll a winning that. wild card, Mr. Scooby. Yeah, I'll get that posted on Twitter and you can all copy it. You're welcome. We're gonna charge for it, <laughs> right? Let's get to part two. Hello, part three has begun. Welcome back. And I hope you're still with us. Because we are just about yeah. still with ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course are, John. In their droves. Correct, correct. Because we because we do less pods, it makes them more special, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, right, so this part, obviously Fantasy Football Scotland has been uh, less popular this year. That is a yep. fact. Uh, so I guess this point, what we were just going to discuss is what improvements we'd like to see for the game uh, next season and where it can go, uh, hopefully it get back to at least the level it was a couple of seasons ago of popularity, particularly during lockdown. Uh, but really it should be, um, 
you know, promoted by the the, the league itself and uh, way more interactive. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's a bit of time to reflect. What what does the future of FFS look like? I mean, we saw the moves to this model where which was all based around your sort of fan duel or you know you know one of these sort of DraftKings models which we see a lot in American sports, which is sort of daily fantasy sports, right? Mm-hmm. Individual entries, some of which you can make season long, which is obviously what we've been playing, and there is still a master league, but quite complex because lots of people. One of the main things is you want to do is you want to be playing with your mates in leagues, and you want to make it very easy for people who, let's face it, people playing FPL struggle enough to even change one team a week. You know, how however you can expect people to go in and change multiple teams. Now, that was all done on the basis that we were going to have some sort of betting uh, facility within that, which we've still not seen. So, bit of a question mark out, makers of the game, if you're listening. Um, and if not, we'll get you on Twitter, we'll hunt you down. Be really interested to know what's happened there, what the update is, and are they going to give the loyal Fantasy Football Scotland players um, an update ahead of next season? Because ah. I fear for it, if not, John. That that is the key, the key key one. And look, they've come out as they usually do and said, "What improvements to be in the next year?" And I've just tried to keep it simple, the messaging yeah. simple, and I hope most people have as well. Is that yeah, you just need one team that goes into all leagues. Absolutely, that's it. Do that, and the rest of the app's pretty good. You know, make it a little bit friendlier, a little bit easier to handle. But that's the sort of um, yeah, that's the main key message. And then hopefully, once that comes back. You know, the sign-ups will stay up and the interaction will stay up for the game because yeah. you can definitely see in the way that the ownership um, of certain players that are playing well doesn't move very much and things like that. There's a lot of dead teams in this league. And yeah, maybe the top sort of thousand or so are still playing quite heavily. But it'd be, there's so much more potential out there, really, to um, to have way more players. Absolutely. Look, Scottish people love Scottish football, you know, and that's, that, it's not, that's not going to change. And there's a huge market out there and it's just not being marketed well enough or being picked up yeah. by um by the clubs by the league who clearly should get behind it because it is still the best game and model and app i think i don't think the app's gone downhill this year at all really awesome. uh, yeah it has it has so i think you know that the, the, there's something there we're getting onto the cusp of something really great with this um please just go back to the single team entries it would make life so much better and it'll get mean people can get behind this game because it's a great game. Aye, because when we're when we're trying to get everyone involved, they just go, Oh, what? If can I not just put a code in and then that gets me into all the leagues? Like, oh no, you've got to do a separate team. And then people just stop doing it. So Absolutely. yeah. Glad we're on the same page there. Totally. Let's get that feedback over to them. I want to actually hear what other people think as well. There's always usually good good chat within the FFS community. Um and yeah. John, big question is: You're going to get back in the top ten and challenge for the title before the year end, or 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 oh, top top ten's the aim. Top ten's the aim. Uh, where am I just now? Nineteenth. So okay. I'd have to do. I I think yeah. I didn't have I didn't have any Hearts players when they won six one, so that's put me back down. Um. So oh. yeah, it's been tough. Van Veen's been good. Miofsky was good. Um. But I don't know. I can't see myself coming top 10, but I'll try my best, Scooby. And then show obviously, to the guys that didn't have our fantasy podcast, guys, fellow podders who've been a lot more consistent than us this year. And they obviously have been running these great cups uh, and Royal Rumbles um, over the past, um, over, the, over the season, um, which have been really, really good fun. And if you're an avid player, try and get yourself involved with those. 
Um, so yeah, we've got um, we've got cup fixtures out round two. Um, fixtures are out now, John. Um, I don't know if you've seen that. I'm playing Liam Murphy, and you're playing Hoofball Pod Ben. It's good to be both guys in the second round. Yeah, both in the second round. We both did pretty well in the Royal Rumble as well. I think we were both top of our respective groups, but then I got punted out pretty quickly afterwards. I think. Where did you end up in the Royal Rumble? Rumbled. Rumbles. <laughs> Right. Well, thank you again for listening. Um, we will be um, back on and before the season ends, promise one more pod. Um, I will. Stories of John Stagg do if, he's, if he survives it. Oh, if I survive, yeah. If I survive it, superb. At Fitbar Pod on Twitter, please. Thanks for listening again, guys. <laughs>